Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The 2026 U.S. Men's National Team World Cup cycle has officially kicked off. The U.S. Men's National Team has called in a list of 24 names to take part in a two-game January camp window that will see the U.S. take on Serbia and Colombia. Now, to be fair, it's probably not going to be the A-teams from either Serbia or Colombia. It's not going to be the A-team from the United States. In fact, theoretically, this should not be all that interesting of a two-game window for U.S. Men's National Team fans. I mean, currently, uh, the U.S. is going to be under interim head coach Anthony Hudson. Uh, uh, the, the Federation is still embroiled in the aftermath of the uh, Reina Burhalter feud debacle, whatever you want to call that. There's still a lot of unknowns regarding that situation. The bulk of this roster is going to be made up of MLS players that are currently out of form and out of season. And there will be some international players called in that are also probably not playing much with their teams. However, when you look at the list of, of players on the on, on this roster... This roster that has no right to be interesting, I'll be damned, it is incredibly interesting. You've got a few players making their debuts. You've got a few really interesting dual internationals that we're going to get our real first look at with this group. We're going to get some players that I think really deserve to have bigger parts in the previous cycle, but just for whatever reason, never really got their opportunity. There's some really interesting names that are on this list that we're going to get to see over this two game window. And they're pulling me back in, guys. I, th I think it's worth it to take a deep dive into this particular roster. All that and more on this episode of The Anchor Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is The Anchor Report, a show about all things American soccer. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. We are going to start with the goalkeepers, but before we do, here is a word from this week's sponsor. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag where the game starts. With the goalkeepers, we have our first little taste of excitement. I mean, we have Sean Johnson, who is the goalkeeper that was brought in as the nominal third goalkeeper in, in the World Cup roster. Uh, he has been playing for uh, NYCFC, but he's currently unattached. We also have Roman Celentano, uh, who is currently with uh, FC Cincinnati. But we also have Gaga Sanina, the young American keeper formerly of Chicago FC, who recently made a huge transfer deal with Chelsea. Uh, super interested to see if we get to see him play in this camp and what he looks like with the national team. He's one of those players that even in 2026, he'll still be super young for a goalkeeper, uh, but is one of those players that seems to have just all the talent in the world and is one to watch for for the, the U.S. for the next 15 years or so as a goalkeeper. As we move to the center backs, the sauce begins to thicken. Uh, we start with Aaron Long, who recently made the move from New York Red Bulls to LAFC. Um, he is the much maligned center back that made uh, his way to the World Cup. But I don't did he see any time? I, I don't think he saw any time on the field during the World Cup. Uh, he will be joined by Walker Zimmerman of Nashville, who 
was one of the biggest contributors to Greg Berhalter's 2022 U.S. Men's National Team cycle. Uh, the man who who made himself um, undroppable at the center back position uh, had a had a sketchy World Cup, an up and down World Cup, uh, but it's still likely to be the captain and, and, and the buoy of the ship for this particular January camp. Joining them will be Jalen Neal of the LA Galaxy, a player who has not been capped for the U.S. Men's National Team senior team, a player who was one of the uh, the the center backs in the U20 tournament, the CONCACAF tournament that saw the U.S. qualify for the Olympics. Um, a really exciting roster there and excited to see what he can do in this camp. And they will be joined by Sam Rogers, uh, who is playing. He's a 23-year-old center back that's currently playing in Norway. I'm interested to see what his level is. Um, so it's there's some new faces here moving on to the fullbacks is whenever the hype really begins to grow Um, of course we're gonna have Jonathan Gomez who is the player that was in USL and made the transfer to Real Sociedad in Spain now it's not a particularly good sign that Real Sociedad was willing to let him go to be a part of the January camp usually if a player is in the plans for their club team in Europe they're not going to get released for the January camp. However, uh, Jonathan Gomez is for this particular instance. He's a player that, shoot, some people thought that he could potentially tr- contribute to the 2022 cycle. He's a player that has a lot of uh, exciting qualities on the ball. and seems to be projected to be um, a quality fullback moving forward. Hasn't quite realized that at the club level yet, uh, but still a, a really exciting prospect nonetheless. He is joined by Julian Gressel, the Vancouver Whitecaps, Dewan Jones of the New England Revolution, who's a player that I thought that should have got a little bit more of a look um, in the 2022 cycle, a left back with um, a ton of athleticism. And I think he's got some end product as well. He can put in a nice ball. I think he can play from the right side or the left side. Uh, so a versatile player. And then John Tolkien of the New York Red Bulls, who is one of the young, exciting defenders in MLS, a player that's gotten some uh, buzz to, for a potential transfer, uh, a player that seems to be on the trajectory, at least to be a player that's going to be taking part in the U.S. Men's National Team moving forward, uh, a player that currently has zero caps with the U.S. Men's National Team. In fact, when we look at this uh, fullback group, the only player in this group that has a single cap is Jonathan Gomez. I believe he got it in the December, January window last year, which was uh, kind of just an interesting group of players, uh, but a lot of inexperience at, at the national level in this particular player group. But it's going to be interesting to see who starts and who emerges um, as the players that are going to be starting and, and showing out in, in this particular two game window. Moving into the midfield, I think we get a taste of potentially what could have been in the 2022 cycle. Let's start out with Paxton Aronson, fresh off of his move to Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, just like we said with Jonathan Gomez, uh, Paxton Aronson being released by Eintracht Frankfurt to take part in this in this um, in this two game window. Probably not the best sign. Probably not a sign that he's in for immediate minutes over in the Bundesliga. I think that we. We knew that already. Still, it's going to be interesting to see what Paxton Aronson looks like at this step up at this level of competition. Now, the majority of the players are not going to be in season and in form. Um, however, we've only ever seen Paxton Aronson with youth camps and being kind of a sub for uh, the Philadelphia Union. Um, it was enough to earn him that transfer to the Bundesliga. But what is he going to look like with a, a bunch of full-fledged professionals around with a bunch of guys that play regularly uh, against 
against Colombia in the Colombian League and same with Serbia. Um, just a bunch of adult professionals. What is he going to look like at that level? That's going to be interesting to see. Joining him will be Kellen Acosta, a, a guy who was a veteran of the 2022 cycle, took part in just about um, every camp and opportunity Greg Berhalter had to give him. Aiden Morris is going to be an interesting one. Aiden Morris of the Columbus crew. He's a player that had a, a big rookie season, and, and a lot of people were expecting him to um, follow that rookie season up with, with a with a just as good or even better sophomore season. But he saw a big injury really derail um, last season for him. Uh, he's a player that I think he has a head for the game, and, and I think whenever he's on the ball, he can make some good decisions. Curious about his athleticism as we uh, continue to move up the ranks. Um, I don't know that he's the most mobile guy on the field, but whenever he's around the ball, I think he can he can make good decisions and put in a good tackle. So anxious to see uh, if we get a look at him here. Paxton Pomacall, and I'll put Paxton Pomacall and Eric Williamson together here. Both Pomacall and Williamson are players that I really thought one of the two would have been a bigger part of the 2022 cycle. Both of the players have been dealing with injuries on and off, which may have been the reason why we didn't see more of them. But both of the players really, I felt like, fit the type of role that we saw be established by the MMA midfield. It seems like Pomacall and Williamson can both kind of do the the job that we saw from Eunice Musa and Weston McKinney, that, that all-action midfielder that is able to take the ball and get up the field vertically, uh, maybe uh, put in a hard tackle, kind of buzz around defensively, uh, but also take on a player in the midfield, beat him and get up the field. Um, I'll be interesting to see who emerges out of Pomacall and Williamson or if both, both players emerge. If these are the type of players that uh, fill in, in in the 2026 cycle and get more of an opportunity there, uh, I'm really curious to see what they can do with this squad. Now, look, I'm not saying that either of these players are going to be as good as McKinney and Musa. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that they fit that player profile and I'm interested to see uh, what they can do because, you know, if you remember the World Cup, whenever Musa or McKinney had to come off the field, the U.S. just couldn't maintain the same style of play and, and there was a huge fall off. I wonder if we would have had Williamson or Pomacall uh, with the group for a long period of time. Would the fall off have been as much with these players be able to fill in those roles and do comparable jobs to what we saw out of Musa or, or McKinney? I don't know. I, I don't know. We didn't get the opportunity to see that. We didn't get the opportunity to answer those questions. Maybe we'll learn a little bit more in the January camp. Finally, the last midfielder is going to be Alan Sonora. He's a player that is currently unattached. I've seen some rumors that he is potentially uh may find his way in MLS in the upcoming season. Uh, he's a player that a lot of people thought that could have potentially been been a player that Greg Berhalter called up in 2022. We didn't see him at all. He has no caps with the U.S. men's national team, uh, but maybe this camp will be his opportunity to show that he deserves more opportunities, uh, and maybe this camp will be the the catalyst that gets him signed. We'll see. Um, he's he's, he's going to get signed somewhere. He's a good enough player that he's going to find a home somewhere, whether it be in MLS or if he'll stay in South America. Uh, that's yet to be seen. But what kind of impact can he have on this U.S. Men's National Team is going to be an, an inter interesting curiosity. We'll move on to the wingers. We have Paul Ariola of FC Dallas, who is fresh off of his wedding. Congratulations to Paul. Uh, Paul is one of those players that is just outside the depth chart as far as the, the starting wingers for the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, he's not exactly a fan favorite, but I think he's a player that you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Um, a lot of effort, a, not, a lot of uh, industry, but not a lot of technical 
technical ability on the ball or or I guess like uh, game sense. He doesn't really seem to turn up at the right place at the right time. Uh, however, I think within this January camp window, this is exactly the type of player that you want on your January camp roster um, as a player who's going to give you that that effort that you're expecting, that baseline, that that high floor effort that you're going to be able to evaluate other players around him. Joining him will be KCAL of the San Jose Earthquakes. KCAL has one cap with the national team. KCAL is one of those young players in MLS, one of those young teenagers that has a lot of excitement um, around him. He's a player that showed well with the uh, USU 20 team. Um, he's a player that could potentially be making his way to Europe at some point in his career. But he's also a player that has received some criticism for his technical ability. KCAL is a phenomenal athlete. He's a big guy. He has um, a lot of strength on the field. He, he he has a lot of speed on the ball, but his technical ability and his decision-making can sometimes uh, leave a little bit to be desired. It's going to be interesting to see what Kate Cowell looks like at this level of play. Joining him will be everybody's favorite player, Matthew Hoppy of Middlesbrough. Now, Matthew Hoppy is this player that seemingly has had a pretty big fall from grace. Um, he really electrified U.S. Men's National Team fans with a hat trick in the Bundesliga for Schalke. That Schalke team got relegated. Hoppy did not want to go down to the two Bundesliga. Um, he searched far and wide for a team throughout Europe, uh, finally found a home in Mallorca, got to Mallorca and just received no playing time at all, was not even making the game day roster. Eventually, uh, he makes a move to Middlesbrough of the championship. And though we hoped it would be different, it's been more or less the same as at Middlesbrough. Uh, lately, he's been playing for the academy team over there. Um, so not a lot of high-level soccer for Matthew Hoppy in the last two years. Curious to see what we've got in Matthew Hoppy right now. Maybe this will be uh, the opportunity for him to refresh and rejuvenate and return to the championship a different player and maybe fight for uh, playing time on the second half of the season. But Middlesbrough releasing him in the middle of the season to come to this January camp is certainly not a good sign. Emmanuel Sabi and Alejandro Zendejas round out the wingers. Uh, Zendejas is certainly a player that I've seen a ton of, a player that a lot of people are excited about uh, for, for U.S. Men's National Team fans. He's a Mexican-American dual international, currently plying his trade for Club America, one of the biggest clubs in all of Mexico, uh, he's a player that people were calling for potentially him being called up in the 2022 window. Uh, he has zero caps for the national team, so this will be his opportunity to earn his first cap. Really interested to see what we have in Zendejas, uh, whether or not he sees the field, uh, what he's able to do once he's on the field. If he's a player that's going to be relevant for the 2026 cycle, is he a player that's going to be able to challenge someone like Paul Areola? to be maybe that fifth or sixth winger in the depth chart. Um, super excited to see what we get from Alejandro Zendejas in this particular window. Last but not least, we have the two forwards. And I'll say maybe Matthew Hoppy is a forward. I'm not sure. I didn't know where to put him, whether he was a forward or a winger, just because I haven't seen him play in a pretty long time. But the forwards that I do know are going to be forwards are going to be Jesus Ferreira and Brandon Vasquez, two really interesting players for, I, I think, uh, polar opposite reasons. Uh, Jesus Ferreira was the player that really burst onto the scene last season for MLS, uh, being one of the highest scoring players in the league. But not only that, I mean, he was responsible 
responsible for a ton of um, anything good that FC Dallas did with the ball in, in, on the attacking side of the field. Um, he displaced uh, the the DP, the highest paid player on the team, Frank O'Hara, for the starting nine spot and, and had an incredible season um, after it. Uh, he rode that incredible season into uh, a, a big uh, run out with the U.S. men's national team. He was a starter there for the trailing end of World Cup qualifying and then through the summer. Uh, at the World Cup, he didn't get much opportunity. His only opportunity came in the Netherlands game where, frankly, he did not look very good. Uh, but I'm kind of excited for Jesus Ferreira's next season. I'm kind of excited for the 2022 cycle to be behind him. I think he's the player. He's he Is he 21 or, or 22 right now? I'm, I'm not sure if he had a birthday or not. But he's a player that is is still very young in, in, in relative world soccer terms. He's a player that I think has some big goals ahead of him in MLS. We'll see if he can uh, reload and ride last season into another big season for FC Dallas. Uh, he's a player that had some whispers about potentially going to Europe. Um, but, but he's a player that I think while he really wasn't ready for the 2022 cycle, I don't know if we had any strikers that were truly ready for the 2022 cycle. I think he's a player with a big future in front of him. And I'm excited to see what he does um, in the next season. And I'm excited to see how he plays out in this particular cycle where I hopefully, hopefully a lot of that mental baggage that he was carrying in 2022 will be behind him. This will be a fresh start for all involved. The other striker is a striker that comes with a lot of excitement and promise himself. He's Brandon Vasquez. He's another dual international. He is a Mexican-American. He is the FC Cincinnati striker that has yet to receive a cap for the U.S. men's national team. But just like Jesus Ferreira, he had a phenomenal season, a phenomenal goal-scoring season in MLS last year. He was a player that many were calling for to be uh, a striker on the U.S. men's national team. It was one of those situations where uh, the timing probably just wasn't quite right and he never got his opportunity. If he did, who knows? He could have been one of those strikers uh, for Greg Berhalter in the World Cup. Um, not sure. He wasn't able to get his opportunity last cycle now he's getting an opportunity here. Will he be able to displace Jesus Ferreira, who I'm, I'm assuming will be the incumbent striker coming into this into this group uh, to, to earn starting minutes? I'm sure we'll see him start at least one of these games um, in the two-game window. He's a striker that offers a much different player profile than Jesus Ferreira. He's, Brandon Vasquez is much more of the classic number nine, uh, much more hold-up play, bigger, stronger, better in the air, uh, more likely to, to get on the end of crosses and get on the end of... Uh, a balls into the box um, just finds goals in different, much different ways. And Jesus Ferreira is going to be a lot less involved with the ball at his feet and the buildup than Jesus Ferreira uh, excited to see what he can do. And, and I think that speaks for a lot of the players on this particular roster. There's a lot of players who we're excited to see, man. A lot of the players who we thought we might see in 2022, but it just never really worked out that way. They're getting this opportunity in the Gold Cup, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with it. I said it at the beginning of the video, and I'll say it right here. This roster has no right to be as interesting as it is, and yet here we are. There's 24 names on this roster, and I'd say like 15 of them are, are ones that I'm genuinely curious to see about, see, see what they do. Now, 
to be fair, this is all going to be done under the uh, leadership of an interim coach. We have no idea what this interim coach is going to do. Uh, is he just going to more or less play the same system Greg Berhalter was playing? Or is he going to, uh, I, I don't know, do something a little bit more simple? Or I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure what he's going to do. The idea that there's going to be a lot of holdover from the Greg the Berhalter era, which potentially might not even be over yet um is is it's it's a question it's up in the air we don't know what we're going to see out of anthony hudson we don't know how long anthony hudson is going to be around and the other interesting thing to note is this will be uh our first opportunity to see a u.s men's national team game broadcast with the um, new U.S. Men's National Team networks. The games will be on HBO Max and Telemundo for the Spanish broadcast. So that's the long and the short of it for me. Is this January camp window, all things considered, all that important for the U.S. Men's National Team as we look forward to 2026? Probably not. Are there some interesting names on this list? And am I going to be watching? You're damn right I am. There are some really interesting names on this list, and it's going to be interesting to see what this team looks like on the field under interim coach uh, Anthony Hudson with a lot of players who are out of form, out of cycle, out of favor with their clubs. Um, just a lot of, of, of really interesting things going on. I'm curious about your thoughts. Are there players who you were expecting to make the list and didn't? What do you think we're going to get out of players like Matthew Hoppy and Jonathan Gomez, um, Pax and Aronson, players who uh, are, are on European rosters, but their clubs are fine with them taking part in the in the uh, January camp. Uh, likewise, what do you think we're going to see out of some of the MLS players that um, haven't had a lot of opportunities with the national team? Guys like Jalen Neal, guys like uh, Kate Cowell. It's, it's, it's a really interesting group of players. Who do you think emerges out of Jesus Ferreira and, and Brandon Vasquez? Let me know in the comments section. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, as always, all of my content is available on Podcast Farm. Just search for the Yank Report anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, thank you guys so much for subscribing, for liking, uh, for following the channel. If you really want to support the channel, you can become a member. Uh, the members directly support me and, and help me continue to make content. So I appreciate all the members. Shout out to my tier two members, Manuel Alvarez, Matthew Doyle, Matthew Hanna, Michael Baker, Dan McVeigh, Mike Irish, Aaron M, and 427 Motorsport LLC. Guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.